Welcome to the Pints and Polishing Podcast, the most influential and listened to podcast in auto detailing. Welcome to the community. Hi, welcome to the Pints and Polishing Podcast. I'm Marshall. That's the boys. This is the community pub. Tonight, I am drinking Thick Haze by Oscar Blues. All right, this is a brewery that uh, puts out a couple different beers that I enjoy. So I picked up, this is their New England style IPA. It's a seven percenter, so not too bad. And I'm looking forward to it. Thick Haze, interesting, uh, interesting use of haze, right? Like other things we've known to, to say, oh, that's a thick haze in there. <laughs> a little hot box, maybe. All right, Dale, I think you picked up a uh, a nice beer from a brewery earlier. What are you sipping on? We got a Night Shift Brewing. Um, they're light lager, craft light lager. Um, pretty good. It's a good uh, good lawnmower beer. <laughs> good lawnmower beer, huh? Yeah, is it a riding lawnmower for you, or you uh, you go walk behind it? John Deere. The cruise control, got headlights in case you got to, you know, mow out at 1030 at night, you know, yeah. You wake up insomnia. I'll go cut the grass. That that ain't happened yet, but no. (laughs) Just in case. Just in case. Yeah. Good call on the lawnmower beer there. I'm ready for some heat. No doubt about that. Hmm. Interesting flavor on this. It's got a, I could, I was trying to smell it. It's got an interest, kind of a little bit of a funky smell. Got a, just a little bit of a funk to it. All right. Cooking with Nick. You sipping on anything tonight? What's on the menu? I'm going dry for a little while. Um, actually, not going to be cooking tonight. Um, I ate not too long ago. So I'm just going to be chilling and answering questions. Cool. Let's do it. All right. A little water. You're ready to go. Dustin? I'm with Nick tonight. I'm uh, I'm drinking water at the moment. Hey, you got to do it. Got to do it. Yeah. Staying healthy. Well, uh, meaning that beer's not healthy? I don't understand uh, that. What? Well, you know. That's good for the soul. Best kind of health medicine you can do. It it is good for the soul. I mean, George Jones and beer and lawnmowers. What what more could you want out of life? I mean, I got the Husqvarna out in the garage. I got the bush light in the fridge. Life's good, man. And three Dodges out front. Two of them are working and one's barely making it. Three Dodges out front. (laughs) All right, Derek, what are you sipping on? Oh, uh, so last weekend we went to uh, this brewery called Double Tap, which is it's about 45 minutes away from us. Um, had some really good beer, but of course the one that I liked was called like Flood Plain. You couldn't get it uh, like on a crowler or growler. You could only get it there. So the closest thing I could get was this one called uh, Bent Brim. And it's, uh, of course, they gave you in the big old can, but they just write like what's on it. Um, and from their website, it says it has a, a citrus mosaic and a hint of dank smell hint of dank. And it I, does it I, does have a smell marty like yours yeah this does too it does it kind of has a little bit of that danky smell to it i yeah. i wonder if that's going to be one of the next things you know there, you've seen more people come out with was it fresh water or you know clear water clear water clear down water. in florida has that uh they got a 420 uh mm-hmm. there's a couple different people that have tried to come out with a some type of danky type of beer. I wonder if that's one of the next little small micro waves that people start doing. That is interesting. All right, Lucas, what are you sipping on tonight? Oh, I'm on Bud Light number eight. 
for tonight. Oh, yeah? Mm -hmm. Okay. What's the special occasion? I was sick all weekend and been working, not feeling too good. So I felt 100% today. I was like, you know what? It's time to turn up. Yeah. Oh, good call. You got to be call. sick to drink eight of those. Uh, <laughs> well, you got to be missing a chromosome or something to be buying Dodges. <laughs> no, well, I, no. I, I am in West Virginia, so. Uh, oh, we know it, it shows. It is, you know, it is what it is. That's all it right. Is, it is what it is. All right. <laughs> One of our favorite sayings, no doubt. And this is a fun, uh, a fun question that came out of the specialist group. Connor posted is a really cool question because he, uh, you know, and it, you can take this question from a couple different ways. He was saying he's had a shop and he's wanting to expand and go into mobile. There's plenty of people as they've listened to more and more about uh, Nick and I's discussions on maintenance and they're realizing maintenance is a every week or every other week service, not a, quarterly or yearly maintenance, but every week to every other week called bi-weekly, they're either trying like Connor seemed going, wow, I need to set up a mobile business to service all the customers that we can do mobile and do mobile maintenance, or just simply wanting to get into detailing business. And well, that is actually the fastest way to get into a detailing business is to do it mobile and not go a shop. So let's have a little bit of a discussion. I know not everybody here has done mobile detailing. I think we're what half and half, uh, but maybe I think Lucas, you did some before you got into your shop. Oh, I, think, I, did, right? I did a ton. I still do it on occasion, but yeah, I did. I did mobile for a long, well, not a long time, but yeah, I've had my fair share of the mobile days. Yeah. And Dustin, you also, right? I think that nod for everybody listening to the episode means yes, right? <laughs> so everybody listening with their eyes back home, you can acknowledge Dustin as a yes, right? So we, we got most everybody here that's done some some mobile. Did you start, Lucas, did you start with the traditional power washer, I guess? You know, set up, did you do the trailer? Did you do a van? Did you do an open trailer, closed trailer? What'd you do? Uh, so I started out of my... 1999 Volkswagen Jetta and I just bought a bunch of towels some optimum no rinse so I could do rinseless washing some pump sprayers for other chemicals and I started out doing you know washes paint enhancements interiors that kind of thing I bought a steamer and uh you know the uh the Bissell extractor the little hundred dollar oh, yeah. piece of shit oh, from yeah. Kohl's mm -hmm. did the job and yeah but just took every dollar I made, you know, bought some fun stuff on the side with it, but, you know, kept putting more money into new equipment and yeah. Yeah. Love it. Dustin. Yeah. I bet you, you in West Virginia though, you're more of that traditional power washer, right? Oh, absolutely. Rinseless is tough over here. I'll be straight up with you. Um, I appreciate that. I'm kind of a newbie to rinseless, you know, I uh, never really did rinseless until I joined up with you guys, started using the hyperclean line. So, uh, the old fashioned power washer. Um, we went, we started, that's really how my business gained traction was, uh, you know, a little box trailer towed behind my truck. And then um, two years ago, we went to, we built a custom detail skid to hold the generator, had a hundred foot hose reel on it. The pressure washer was hard mounted, had the tank on there and it slid right into the bed of my pickup truck. Um, and I actually still have that skid today that we use for RVs and, and stuff like that. 
otherwise we don't do any mobile detailing yeah all right dale you offered a really great suggestion which is similar to lucas was you know eco one using rinseless waterless that's also uh you know i started in 2002 with the traditional power washer trailer all that stuff but in 2008 when i came out with uh, our product then was called green clean as a waterless uh i I moved everything over to waterless and rinse. Uh, you know, we didn't do rinseless and it was strictly all waterless, but I mean, I, to me, yeah, that was the best way to, to really grow and, and, and get moving, especially in, in 10, when we made a big push uh, with the business and everything. I mean, it just, it makes sense. What, what is it that made sense for you, right? Coming from the body shop, you, you probably definitely were used to power washers and all that. What makes, what made sense for you on, on using rinseless? It's just super easy, man. You don't need to drag hoses all around. Um, I got a little uh, cart that my bucket goes in, follows me around the car. Um, you got less water runoff, so you don't have, uh, you know, that, that soapy water running down the gutter if you're at somebody's house um, or in an office park or an apartment complex. It's I, I just think it's the way to go, man. I really do. Really yeah. do. And the technology has grown massively, right? Like it's. It's awesome. And I, I didn't do rinseless per se, but now as, as I've been introduced to rinseless and it, it sounds crazy, right? Most people are more introduced to rinseless first. I, I mean, I was tr traditionally all waterless until about a year. Yeah. till about a year, year and a half ago, uh, always did waterless and just now started to move into the quote unquote rinseless. One of the great points and, and questions that was asked in a sense by Connor and some others chiming in was, well, what about, and you mentioned, Dale, you mentioned uh, uh, business parks where I had a lot of massive success. Uh, people want to know, you know, HOAs, Derek, have you run into any problems with water runoff, with restrictions, having issues? I know some people in parts of the country, they get fined. We have had even here in Oklahoma, some people get, uh, you know, They'll stop by and they'll give them a, a, a warning. Um, some of even have gotten tickets, but have you run into anything like that? Uh, or you, everything's good to go with you. Um, everything's been pretty much good to go. Um, I do get people that have, they live in apartment complexes that I'll, the first question I ask is like, is it okay to even launch the car there before I even get to go do the car? Um, the only time I've ever was like approached by like an official was I would do a car at a customer's house. And it turned out this guy was washing all these big trucks and engines and stuff. And he had all this like oil and runoff going down the street. And I didn't know that the neighbor had already called the cops on this guy a couple of times. So this guy used to just leave the trucks out. I would detail him. And one day this car pulls up, man comes out in a suit and he goes, I'm going to have to ask you to stop what you're doing right now. And I was just like, whoa, like, hold on. Like, I'm just, this guy's paying me to do the car. He explained the situation. I see the neighbor was arms folded looking at me. And I'm just like, listen, like, I don't know this guy. I'm just getting paid. I just packed up and left. I was like, I'm not dealing with this guy calls me and come back. I was like, no, like I'm not trying to get a ticket or nothing, but uh, most of the places I go to, they're cool with it. I mean, I never have a problem, but I always ask because I don't want to get kicked out and then I have to like, that's a wasted day. Yeah, that makes sense. And one, uh, one, one comment that was made, which you always kind of have to tilt, tilt your hat to. And at the same time, kind of go, well, all right, here we go. And it's, Hey, it's always better to ask forgiveness than ask permission. And yeah. uh, as long as long as that person in the suit isn't giving you a ticket, it is always better to get yeah. hands up. Wow, so sorry, right? Like I, I didn't know. It's it is I, much easier to ask for forgiveness than ask permission. 
I did get like five or six cars done with that guy first. And then this is like the one of the last times I was there. And then like I had a feeling that day too, because it just seemed odd. Like I pulled up and when this car pulled up real slow, and I was like, oh, I hope he's not talking. Cause it looked like this was unmarked cops. Like you knew it was a police officer. And then when he got out in a suit, I was like, oh crap. Like I know what's about to happen. <laughs> like oh, so there are some precautions there, right? If somebody's gonna get out and do mobile detailing. Lucas, you probably had some things that you ran into that you wish, ah, oh, geez, uh, you know, whether it's let the soap dry on the car too long or you know, tried to clean glass. I was talking to a, a detailer out of Missouri earlier that uh, she was talking about glass cleaning, how difficult it is doing this stuff out in the sun and working out in the environments and told her about the perfect glass towel and our glass cleaner. She got it ordered. So she's going to give us her feedback. But, you know, a lot of times those can be some issues. What have you found as far as precautions around chemicals and things to use that uh, when you're mobile detailing? uh as far as chemicals go um the only thing i've really changed up since i moved to a shop was i don't really use rinseless anymore i've switched to the pressure washer and because i don't have to worry about you know water or power or anything anymore but um so equipment wise i've definitely changed up a lot i can fit a lot bigger more industrial equipment in a shop than in the back of a jetta Um, chemical wise just rinseless really is the only one otherwise it's you know it's process changes a little but generally i didn't have too much of an issue other than when it gets real cold out you know it's sometimes you're limited to steam over chemical if it's below freezing and it's too cold right when you start the car um so sometimes you got to start with steam and you just have to know how to be fluid and adjust your process and all right so i think your precaution would be you, you should be concerned about working out in the cold Right, like yeah, or even freezing. even the heat. You know, if if it's if it's you know springtime in Michigan, we will see between forty and seventy, depending on the day. So between that range, chemical, same process, run it. But you know, during the summer when we get up to ninety five, one hundred, some days it's like you got to watch your APC or whatever you're spraying on the door panel and work in smaller sections sometimes because that's gonna that's gonna dry up and disappear before you get a chance to wipe it off. Yeah. Yes. There you go. That's. Those are good ones right there. Derek, I know you've uh, experienced stuff freezing. We talked the other day. You were trying to finish up yeah. a, a vehicle, and you were saying Revive was was freezing as you were spraying it on. Uh, it was it was so cold that at, when I first got there, I was like, nah, I don't know. Like, But I, I kept going, kept going, blowing everything out. Um, when the It was so like right there at 32 that when the wind would blow, I, I'd sprayed Revive on. I turned. I looked back, and it was all white across the panel like as i was using the scrubber and scrubbing the panel and there was like ice coming up from on the panel like oh crap like so i had to keep blowing everything out the tornador and then i would go back over for cleaner and then kind of turn it back to liquid and then keep going but near the end it started flurrying and it was one of the, it was like i was like oh god like all the cleaners were, were freezing the only one that wasn't freezing was the glass cleaner but everything else was kind of starting to get freezing and then the bucket i had for my rinseless wash there was little ice cubes forming in it but Luckily, he wasn't. I wasn't washing. He only wanted the interior done, and it was a single cab, so it wasn't too bad. Well, we won't tell Nick Walters you were using that tornador. I love my tornador. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I don't care what he says, man. That was a fun conversation last week. Yeah, was. that was fun. <laughs> All right, Dustin. What about you? Precautions as a mobile detailer with chemicals. Yeah, you definitely won't watch that APC, uh, especially when the customers try and talk to you, and it's a nice hot day. 
and uh, <laughs> we were, I was cleaning, I was finishing up his truck, cleaning his leather seats, uh, Larry at interior, and he comes mm. over to me and starts talking to me, mm. and I'm just giving him my full attention, man, and I, uh, I forgot about it, mm. and I turned around, mm. and I'm like, oh, no, mm. there's the streaks. Yeah. So, What'd you do? Uh, Did you use the old uh, scrub around the sides a lot? I've done that where I, I keep stuff off of the streak and scrub around the side and then put in dressing and really try <laughs> and dress up that seat and then wipe it back down to get the, the silicone off and then redress it and then wipe it back down. Is that what you did? Yeah, so I went back in and scrubbed it again and a mm-hmm. few times and then really massaged that LBP into there. <laughs> Unfortunately, it ended up coming out all right. I've used some other APCs in the past that are just extremely harsh that once you do it, they're done. Mm-hmm. Um, but this was with, you know, the HyperClean APC and uh, wasn't too crazy harsh on it. was able to rectify the issue and no problems. But uh, no, ever since switching ever since I launched my mobile business, I remember when slick came out, I was always fighting those streaky ceramic detail sprays. Mm, And my first bottle of slick, I had a uh, Hyundai like Tucson. It was black. It was 90 degrees that day. And I was so excited to get to the job to try out slick zero issues on the blacktop you name it blown away that that's a game changer for mobile detailers if you are using slick what are you doing good call good call i like it that is true because there's a lot of a lot of sprays that promise beads and they really deliver streaks yeah it is tough yep all right cooking with nick you had a good one as we were talking a second ago for you i think a big precaution is cleaning wheels huh and maybe picking out the right wheel cleaner definitely watching um what you're using on, on what surface, you know, making sure that, that whatever surface that you're working it on, say if it's like a powder coated wheel or a really poorly refinished wheel, you wouldn't want to use something with like a really high pH, which is a mistake I made. Um, and it burnt the wheel, which was not great, (laughs) but, um, (laughs) yeah, for me, when the temperature gets hotter, I'm going to start watching my dilution ratios and watching my pHs, anything that's higher pH, I'm going to want to dilute more, like usually if in the summer, I have an APC, I'm diluting 10 to 1, um, during the, in the, in the winter, if I'm diluting at 10 to 1, in the summer, I might dilute at 12 to 1 or 15 to 1 to give me a little bit more dwell time with it wet, um, that same working time, but okay. yeah, watching what pH on what services is a big thing for me. Yeah, makes sense. Dale, uh, something you brought up a second ago, which is you know, making sure you're using something that doesn't have a really rough smell because then you're going to pull it into somebody's garage. And if that leaks in the garage, like how bad that's going to be. It, man, it just stays there at, uh, at our old body shop. The, uh, the wife had an office and our cleanup bay was on the other side of a window so she could look out and see it. And if we were using a, a stinky decon, I'd hear over the PA system, are you deconning something? <laughs> Yes, ma'am. <laughs> oh, God. The window, she can smell it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, decon sprays that are iron remover type. Many of them have that stinky, stinky. You said the other, you know, not necessarily the name of the product, but you you gave a, and it was like a, this combined with this, dirty socks combined with something. What'd you say? It's gunk in an old gym sock full of vomit. <laughs> <laughs> 
Brutal. So yeah, hyper clean fuego does great for cleaning, but also for not leaving behind that really, really stink smell. You're right. You're right. All right. Interesting question. I'd love to know your guys' feedback. This is, I think it'd be interesting. Detailers are really some of the most proudful people that I think I've really ever met, right? Most of us are extremely prideful. We're not only proud of ourselves, proud of our accomplishments, where we've come from, proud of our work. We're, we're very proud of ourselves, which is okay. But it also does create some issues when everybody's proud. What what do you think detailers are most proud of? All right, Lucas, I'm going to start with you. What do you think detailers are most proud of? Oh, man. <laughs> uh, probably just being the best. Everyone wants to be the best, which is a very ambiguous, vague yeah. statement because there's, I mean, you know, there's a wide Rolodex or just a big, Variation. How do you even define, right? That's a great one. Right, you know, how do you, you even define the best? Right, because if I'm the guy charging $10,000 for full restoration work on rare Porsches, uh, and if I'm comparing myself to the guy that's charging 100 bucks for a maintenance detail once a month, that's not even remotely the same aspect of uh, it's no. apples to oranges. So, But when we're talking best, is it the amount that people are charging or... This is an interesting thing that not everybody's realized in the past years, but they are becoming a blaring siren today is, you know what? That guy charging a hundred bucks for a maintenance every week or every other week, he's actually more profitable and makes more money than the guy charging the $10,000. I feel like the secret to not being a piece of shit in the detailing industry is to not be the guy that's coming onto my Facebook pictures on my business page, who's another local detailer and pointing shit out that's stupid like oh you can't do a one step that's doing a customer a disservice you should this is why you have to do a two step there's still defects and the if you're that piece of shit coming on to other or commandeering other detailers posts and advertisements that's not okay that's where you well, why you're do you think in the wrong do that lucas why because everyone wants work and you know there's plenty of it to go around but lots of people don't go about it in the right way and think that being confrontational and other posts is going to take customers from another detailer when, you know, there's plenty of cars for us to go around. Just, you know, stay in your lane, try not to take customers from other people as directly as that. Anyway, you know, if they have a bad experience to come to you, that's one thing. But if you're actively posting on your neighbor's post about them doing an interior and you're like, Oh, there's some fucking cat hair or dog hair left under the seat back there. You're, you suck. Come to us. It's, it just makes you look terrible. And I don't know that anyone's ever actually won a customer over that way. True. I agree. I don't think anybody has. I think you're absolutely right on that one. All right, Derek, what do you think detailers are most proud of? I think it's, it's, I guess guys, when they learn this craft or when they start getting deep, you know, getting into their business and stuff, they're just, you know, they want to be the best. Like they're obviously like they're the best at, you know, maybe it's a passion thing that you guys were talking about where it's like, it's really close to them. And then it's, it's a tough one, Mark. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm not sure. sure yeah, think, yeah. Why, it is a tough question. Get so proud? I mean, I, I've seen guys like we had a guy come into the store and uh, he took really, he took a lot of pride in the fact that people would drop cars off for like three or four days and he would only charge 200 bucks. 
but you he was just so like like everything had to be done a certain way and if you didn't do it that way then you were doing it wrong so halfway through the like i'm talking to him halfway through and i'm, I'm here what he's saying and i was like, you know what i'm not gonna jump down this route this this road with this guy and say that his ten thousand step whatever is making him money i was like you know what okay like i just he bought some stuff and he left i'm just sitting there going like why like but he's so convinced that he's the right. He, I think he was almost like baiting me to say like, oh, well, dude, like, you're not going to make any money that way. Like, why do you even do that? Just so we can explain that, like, his way is the best way and that my way sucks and that I, I'm ruining cars by doing a wash, clean, seal. Oh, you didn't polish afterwards? Oh, terrible. And my first question is like, well, what did the customer say? And like, when you, as soon as you say that, most people stop. They're like, no. Like, I'm like, well, did you talk to the customer? Is, is it your customer? It's just, it's wild though. Like I, Lucas, I saw it posted. It, I was laughing. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. Okay. So help me understand your answer. Detailers are most proud of their own process then, I think is what you're saying. I, I think it's their own process where it's like their process of getting a car from, you know, A to Z is the best. And what I tell most people is as long as you get, to Shineville or, or, or Cleanville without destroying anything. It's like, I don't really care how you do it as long as you're not destroying someone's door panel. But like, as long as it's like art, like it doesn't matter how the, the picture got painted, as long as it got painted, we all go, ooh, oh, that's great. And then you just give them a thumbs up, but you find out the guy used Crayola cra uh, uh, crowns and you're like, oh, must've been terrible. So versus like oil paints or something, you know? Yeah. Love it. I agree. I consider detailers artists also like uh, the canvas is our, our vehicle. Uh, Dustin, man. Um, and this is something you and I have experienced and it is interesting when you go and start trying to talk to other detailers about products. I mean, it yeah. is extremely difficult Derek. You've probably, it, it, while you have a lot of detailers that come in to your store though, you know, sometimes you start talking products with them Detailers can get kind of standoffish. It is really interesting. Um, yeah. So, Dustin, why do you think that detailers are so proudful? Man, it's wild. This whole conversation reminds me of like two cavemen beating each other over the head with sticks. Like my way's <laughs> better. No, my way's better. Like there's there's no you know one perfect way. But you're right. You got to walk on. You know, you're walking on broken glass with some of these detailers just because you say one wrong thing and it sparks the whole conversation. Um, I, I just think it's a, maybe it's an ego thing. I don't know. It's uh, everybody wants to have the, the perfect showboat on their social media. Um, you know, it's even like some of the groups hold, I cleaned this cup holder this way. So it's much better than your way. Or like, who cares? We like, we're, we just, why can't we just focus on making money and, and pushing out quality jobs? <laughs> <laughs> like, like I promise you that one customer is not going to see the difference of which cup holder is clean. Like it's, it's clean. Cool. Um, so a lot, a lot of egos, man, you don't see it in other groups, like the, the film, the PPF groups, uh, you know, mechanic groups. They're not like, Oh, I rebuilt this engine. Oh, okay, great. Like give me some information. What was your process? So it's, it's a really interesting thing. I, I think it's more egos because detailing is such an easy industry to get into. So when you do dive into it, you get your role going. It's like, look at me, I'm big, bad and successful. And look at all, yeah. look at all my, my show shiny car. I, I don't know. It's, and it does make sense, right? You mentioned it's so easy to get into. And, you know, a lot of times people are getting into the business 
myself included, right? Like leaving a job, going into start cleaning cars, trying to figure out that, you know, what you're doing. And then when you start getting cars coming, it's such a battle to get them to start coming, right? To get the customers. And then once you get the customers, you feel like you're doing some shit, right? It's like, hell yeah, I've got right. And like, so I get the pride I do. And we should have it because that's really ultimately what's going to make us successful. There's no entrepreneur or business owner that never had pride in himself, right? Like every great successful person is going to have pride and, and proudness of what they accomplish and what they do. But you're right. We're just cleaning cars, though, at one point that you just kind of go, yeah, but, you know, <laughs> like, okay. Right. It's just, uh, I don't know. Or my favorite is they're like, man, I got to clean this exotic car today. And oh, cool. Heck yeah, man. That's, uh, that's Yeah, awesome. that is a funny one because you go, is it yours? Why? Why? You? Yeah. What are you raving about it, man? It's somebody else's car. It's not your car. Like you, all you did was wash it, right? Like you didn't put in gas. You didn't change the oil. You didn't, you didn't even make a monthly payment on it. So I, I'm with you on that. I have always found that funny, but at the yeah. same time, I also like showing off the cool cars that mm. I do. So I, I get it, right? Yeah. Like it is kind of back and forth. Like I do understand at the same time, yeah. you know, like, I get it, but I really laugh when it's like, I, they take a picture with the car. I get a kick oh, out. Yeah. It's like, I, all right, heck, whatever, whatever makes your day, buddy, whatever yeah. makes your day. I, I did this. I did this three step my favorite now is the three step paint corrections like i thought those days were over but i think they're making a comeback marty three step paint correction i have seen at least five posts this week on three step paint corrections i'm like buddy that, there ain't nothing left there. no that's awesome because all i've seen which i said on a recent episode all i see is the people that were doing those talking about how they used to now they're just bragging about four hours and I'm getting it done so much faster. And it's like, by golly, it's 2023. God damn. It's about time. Like, yeah. Welcome to I the mean, party. You're five years late. And that's what I preach. Like, you know, enhancement policies and, and coding. And I, and I actually got to think about this with uh, this week. So we've had a truck that's been at the shop for a week. Cause it was getting PPF and a whole bunch of other stuff. And we did, you know, a really solid one step on this Ram and, and a coating. And then today we also had a Jeep come in big Jeep Oof. guy over there, Marty. I Oof. don't, don't get all bent out of shape, but tough doing a um, one step on a Jeep. Let me tell you about no, that. No, we did a one Oof. step on the Ram still Chrysler product. And then we had a Jeep in there for Uno. I'm like, man, this, this thing takes like so long to do this giant thing. And I can do Uno on this Jeep in We'll just say I coded the Jeep every single panel in 30 minutes. Yeah. yeah. Dude, I just spent a whole day on this Ram. Sucks to be you <laughs> working on a Dodge Ram. I'll tell you what. You know, and that did you, did you try point. to swap out the transmission or anything? Did you try and like uh, start picking parts? No, uh, no, we did have to jump start it though. We did have to jump start it. <laughs> Wait, really? <laughs> yeah, yeah, nah, we did have to jump start it, but doesn't but that, that goes to back three, to my point of like you said, the maintenance guys are making the money versus the guys that are doing these big elegant jobs. 
are you really making more money? Cause I would rather do these small maintenance jobs all day long because they're yeah. quick, they're efficient and you're not wearing your body out. They're fun to do. Everybody wins. Good point. Good point. All right. Cooking with Nick. Uh, what do you think uh, most detailers are so proudful about? I think a lot of these toxic guys, you know, have a, an issue with creating a niche and, and taking their process so far and, and labeling it in every way they can a niche. And there's kind of two sides to it. There's, there's a necessary side of, of it that just separates you from other businesses. And that gives you something just a little bit different than somebody else. And then there's the toxic side where you just go down this rabbit hole of, oh, everything else is, is wrong. And my business model is the only business model. And that's just not the case. That process that you've developed for your niche, quote, niche business or niche process may not work for another person that has a business model that's still successful for them. And bullying other people because of that process, that's not cool. Yeah, well said. Well said. Derek? No, I, I want to ask this question to you guys and see what you think. Now, do you think, and this is just, this might be a wild question, but do you guys think that people say those things to other people where they, they, they discount their process because they're afraid that detailing is maybe becoming too easy? And the only reason I say that is because a lot of these guys, I think, have to justify a three-step or like all doing all this work to a vehicle. And then they see these other guys posting, they do a one-step or they do a two-step and throw a coding and they're like, what the hell? Like, I just spent all this money, you know, getting my certification, getting all this, this and that. And this, this jackass is out here doing one-steps, right? So the only reason I bring this up, a guy came in and was telling great me point. about great know, all these, yeah, a guy came in and told me to do all these steps. And I'm looking at him and it was a relatively new car. I'm like, I've done a ton. I'm not, I'm not saying the best detail in the world, but like sometimes if you do a car, you get like a good compound or whatever, you can finish out pretty good where the paint looks pretty like phenomenal. Panel prep it and coat it. Customer's going to be happy. You're happy. And I, you know, I'm not killing myself trying to do an eight hour paint correction to then spend another hour trying to put the coating on. And then, you know, so I don't know. I just, that's just something that just crossed my, it's been on my mind for a while. I just want to see what you guys think. Because they invested so much and they did so much that they don't think other people, I saw Dale shaking his head up and down and as somebody invested heavy in the body shop and everything you guys did there, it does it as you've gotten over into the detailing world, and you see everything going on, is there part of you just, right? Is there part of you that goes, hey, you know how much business we were doing and there's some of these guys that are quabbling and having this, all these debates like Derek's talking about and it's over such small amounts of money, like $1,000? Oh, yeah, without a doubt. The, the biggest thing that I always saw when guys start running down somebody else is they're, they're so scared they see somebody else doing good and they got to tear them down to make them feel better about themselves. Now, you know, everybody can make a car look good. It really isn't that much of a, of a big, difficult process, but so many people want to tear you down or him down or them down to make themselves look better. And the bad thing is when you do it on social media or talk to other customers, 
Because in the body shop world, I had customers tell me that, hey, this guy at that shop or that guy at that shop told me not to come here. And they came anyway. They they met me. They saw my guy, saw the shop, saw our finished products. Nine times out of 10, those customers that were told not to come to us ended up doing business with us when we actually got a chance to interact with them. And, you know, we had great Google reviews at the shop. They Thankfully, the guys have still got good, good Google reviews. But... You know, these guys tear and even on the, the 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 Facebook groups, they try to tear down somebody else to make themselves feel better about themselves. That's all it is. Playing Usually play. that means there's something empty inside of them, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. There's a saying that I really like, and anybody that's that's struggling through this, because we are all proudful, and especially like I mentioned earlier, you know, as entrepreneurs, business owners. We should have some, right? And we should want to build the biggest building in town. We should want to have the biggest and the best. We should, right? Yeah, we should beat our chest and we should want that. There becomes a professionalism to it. There becomes a little bit of uh, proper etiquette in building business and also just karma. Let's let's be real, which basically is what you just talked about, Dale, right? It's beyond etiquette. It's, about, it's beyond professionalism. It actually goes into straight out person-to-person karma, is if you want to build the biggest business around, you should build the biggest business around. You shouldn't try and destroy other businesses around you to try and make yours look bigger. Just build your business. Just build yours the biggest. Uh, it is interesting. I, I, I find these, these talks and this discussion to be fascinating. And I am curious, you know, raise of hands of anybody listening. You know, you raise your hand, honk your horn. If you're this way, if don't, don't honk your horn. How many of you actually do enjoy hearing things from other detailers, right? Like, do you? I, I would say there's a mass majority of detailers that go, yeah, I just really don't care to, to hear from detailers or other detailers. But we've got quite a few heads shaking, nodding up and down here in the pub. We got plenty of hands being raised. So it is interesting. There are a few people, but I would say the majority, especially inside the groups, which is why you have all these people that are throwing out their, you know, the way they throw out their, their nasty opinions and the way they're dogmative of the way they talk. But there are still people that keep going into the groups and still asking opinions and still asking people. So it does then translate to the way this is happening on the episode there are people, though, that still do enjoy hearing from other detailers. I would say the mass majority don't. Just the same way that you have all these problems when we start talking, which is why I think there's so many people that don't enjoy hearing from other detailers. And so I want to ask a question because I think this is the overall problem with the industry. If there's this pridefulness of what we do and we want to tell these people and we want to tell other people and you know, they put in, sometimes they'll disguise it in. I'm helping, right? I'm here to help, right? But they're not really helping. They're just trying to beat their own chest. Does it create this like basically giant, nasty, swirling pool of information that just gets tossed around in these groups, but nobody really wants to learn from each other. They just want to spout out of why they're better and why their process is better and what they're doing is better and how somebody else is wrong. And you kind of start to realize, wow, 
that makes sense on why it's so hard to get real information to understand who's who's talking from what angle if they really have journeyed through the business if what they're saying actually is viable they haven't just be, been detailing since you know summer of 2022 and now they're inside of groups telling people what to do you know <laughs> did their business close and now they're you know now they're working for a company as a as a trainer and now they're telling people what to do it does create this right this interesting giant pool of now you realize wow why there's so many problems in the industry of getting real information so trivia question right a little bit of trivia question for you and it's a little bit of a would you rather right would you rather be talking to other detailers is that what you would rather do talk to other detailers a lot and have those conversations and then tell them you why you're wrong and why they're right or would you rather go to that Corvette guy? Would you rather go to the Porsche guy? Would you would you rather find that Audi guy and all these people that we like to joke about? We like to have fun with the way they are, but while those guys are really into their vehicles, they really do like to take care of them the way they see fit and they would sure love to know more information about how to care for the vehicles because if you doubt that they do, this is a great thing that as we've been talking to distributors this week, and Nick has constantly been putting out a really great stat, go look at YouTube. Go look at some of those big YouTube accounts. Millions of views. Who are those millions of views from? There's not millions of detailers watching their videos. But there's millions of that Porsche club. There's millions of that Corvette guy. There's millions of Audi drivers. There's millions of people that really enjoy their cars and they would love to have information about how to care for their vehicle. And they sure would love a professional detailer to talk to them and explain why they do things. It's something we've seen in videos as it's coming more and more apparent, Derek. I think it's something you've been starting to do and others are pushing as detailers, especially distributors of HyperClean as they're out selling products and having incredible growth for their business talking to the car clubs and talking to the car show guys. So what do you think though, Lucas? Who's your, ah, and I'm not doing there. This was just a trick question. Would you rather, right? We would all rather go talk to the people that want to pay us money. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So let's do it. Let's do this tab out question. I think we're going to get to this one a little bit early because it's one that's going to bring a lot of good conversation. I'm excited about it, Derek. All right. Tab out question of the night. All right, so this question came up uh, for me earlier this week, and I wrote it down immediately because I was like, I can't wait to hear what you guys say. So what is the number one example of a car that looks cool, fun to look at? Sorry, well, number one example of a car that look, that's fun to look at, but not to detail. Okay, you're going to have to give us an example. So for me... I love, and I don't care what anyone thinks, I love Mazda Miatas. I just always wanted to buy one. I just like the way they look. But if you bring me one of an interior full of dog hair, don't talk to me. Like, I no, not fun. I've done a bunch of them. Mm. And it happened to be this lady that had three dogs. And, you know, it's her baby. She had on a car cover. And then we went and did it. She's like, oh, it's, it's small. It's a two-door. Uh-uh. Like, my big frame could not. Like, I'm trying to get in there trying to get this thing out and the, the hard top didn't work. So my God, like I was like, 
this car. Like when I was done, look great. It was nice to leave that car to watch it in the rear view mirror, but not when I was there. I'm like, forget it. Yeah. When I read this question, I thought it was great too. I, I think it was wonderful. That is fun. I mean, gosh, yeah, they're super tiny. Could you imagine getting all the way into the back and especially where the cover comes down? Cause you know, there's some, some hair that blew into that back part. One of the worst parts on any car, right? Is that, that back, what carpet sometimes, what is that Dale? Is that like a vel velvet in some of those older cars and some of the, it's almost like the, the, the backside of the, the, the scrub monster, right? On some of these, it seems yeah. like it's almost like Velcro back <laughs> there. And boy, if stuff gets made, just getting in the, all those nooks and crannies all the way as the, the back glass comes down can be extremely difficult. Yeah. Felt or something. Yeah. That stuff. It, it, it seems like it holds on to everything. Oh yeah. Everything. Absolutely. All right, Dale. So what about you? Cause this will be interesting. Uh, what car do you think? Ask that question again, Derek. Uh, what car do you love to look at, but not enjoy working on? Well, you know, yeah, what? Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead, Dale. Sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Um, yeah. We just had a Toyota FRS or BRZ, whatever that little two door is. And it's a good customer. I've done a couple of cars for the family. And I was in the back of this car, you know, just wiping it down, cleaning the back window. I couldn't get out of the back seat. I'm an old guy. I was folded up in there doing the back seat, back window. <laughs> And I literally, I thought I was going to have to yell for the wife to help me get out of the damn thing. <laughs> yeah. All right. I just got a message from uh, Nick Walter said the BMW i8 worst car because you oh. can't get into it. The door frame is so high. Coolest looking, but a nightmare. Yeah, they are horrible. I've worked on one. They are a bear. <laughs> hmm. Hmm, not fun. All right, uh, cooking with Nick. What about cooking with Nick? Is it the uh, is it a Tesla model? Are we going to hear a Tesla model? Maybe it's the you know the, the worship door, huh? What is it going to be? The first thought was going to be a Model X, but there's so much room and there's so much flat surface everywhere over it that it's not really that difficult. Like you got the room to work, and if you, you know what you're doing, it's not that hard. But for me personally, I'm going to have to go with a. Uh, uh, I mean, um, a truck of, of any height. A like, truck of, of any, of any large, <laughs> of any large height for me. Any any truck that's on uh on has taken a raise and uh, threw in some big old tires and uh, you got to have that the little step that comes down hydraulically or automatic electric as it comes down as you open up the doors. Yeah. Ah, oh, dude, that's fuck right off. Like, <laughs> because right, it's That's actually the, the worst part of those, Nick. Right, is that center part of the hood, right up by where the windshield oh, is? Yeah, exactly, or exactly. up on the roof where you're like, God, I can't even barely reach it. You almost want to. You got was, a step ladder, and you don't want a step ladder. Now you want an eight foot ladder that you got to climb up on. I was doing my uncle's um tundra like a couple of years ago, and it's lifted and like, yeah, I had to have a stool on that. And like their contractor, like yard guy or something comes up and he's got like a lifted F-250 and he rolls up and he's like, man, how much you charge? And I'm like, I'm, I'm not public right now, man. So I'm just doing it for friends and family. And I'm like, he's like, take my number. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Like, dude, you know how long I'm going to have to spend on those current wheels? Are you kidding me? Exactly. Exactly. The wheels I can do, but like, so help me God, I, I'm not about to slip and die on a ladder and fall like three feet. Mm -mm. 
Um, okay, I got to pause the tab out question and let everybody go grab another beer. Oh, wow. I bought this earlier and I was going to try voodoo? and save it, but then I decided I needed to try it. Have you seen the new Voodoo Ranger? And we're all definitely big fans of Voodoo Ranger is one of the popular beers inside of community from New Belgium. This is called very Fruit good. Force. It is very good. Fruit Punch IPA. Ooh. I mean, it's not far off from high C. Let me tell you about it. Really? Oh, yeah. I, I was literally, as you saw me just said, go take a little sip. And I went, oh, wow. Like, <laughs> um, that definitely is fruit punch, high C fruit punch mixed with alcohol. Good, good choice there. New so Belgium. Like or well, I'm doing tomorrow after work. Yeah, you shouldn't, but, you know, cautious. I shouldn't have grabbed it as the tab out because it's something like 9% or something. It's, oh, <laughs> oh, like, oh, okay. Yeah. I thought it was going to be like a six, eight. Okay. No, no, it's, that's a fun one. Definitely. All right, uh, cooking with Nick. I'm with you, man. I, a lot of times, yeah. There's, there's just we we've got a a, a large cannabis uh, company that is next to us at the warehouse, and we clean the uh, the wife's. Uh, she used to have a Porsche, and then she's a lady that just bought that Mercedes because she ran her Porsche off over the curb and into a tree. Nice. Whoa! Wonder, wonder what she was doing. Huh? You know. <laughs> that all being said, though, like if I had like a shop, a big shop where I could safely bring a ladder in have the equipment nah, I still and, and have the time to like <laughs> leave things dwelling for more than like a few minutes okay i might consider working on your giant truck but like outside no goodbye <laughs> yeah. well even inside like he I, I dropped off her keys the other day for her and he said oh it's about my time and i was like nah. <laughs> oh, no. Hell he's no. got a big Ford Super Duties. He's got the chrome rims, tires. He's got like, I'm good, man. All good. You can see that guy down the street. Like, now nah, I'm good. No you thanks. know that homie that works on semis? I got just a yeah, yeah. Just a guy for you, <laughs> dude. This is insane. It, or, like, I feel it's normal for us to work on giant trucks. <laughs> for you job, are like week trucks. in and week out, like. It, is this not a normal thing throughout the rest of the United States? Because uh, all we get is large SUVs and pickup trucks. I've, I've done my fair share of the big lifted trucks. Like I had a car, I had a, I had a Ram 3500 we did, where I had to like throw my vacuum into the truck to vacuum it out <laughs> and then throw the vacuum back down, even for me. And I'm pretty tall and I was like jumping in. And even the guy was like, I hate this thing. But I'm like, well, why'd you lift it down? Because you got it. And I was like, okay. <laughs> it's a nice truck. Dude, we got three step ladders and a six foot ladder. And, and hear me out, I have an I beam that runs through my shop. So I'm thinking, I'm thinking oh. we get like a harness. And then yeah. we can put a hoist into the roof. <laughs> That's a good idea. I've seen a couple of videos of the guys doing like the front glass with the polished. Right, variable height zip line across the shop. What were you saying, Dale? Somebody dial nine one one now. Just get ready to hit sand. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and especially with cooking with Nick, his zip line. Yeah, I, I get it. <laughs> All right. Well then, Dustin, if it's not uh, big old trucks, uh, we you can't use your normal right because we would say those aren't fun to look at. Those Chevy Traverse, they're not fun to look at, so you can't use that one. 
Can't yeah, use it. What is All it right. that's fun for you to look at, but you hate to work on? I'm going with a two door Wrangler. I love looking at him. Ah, Nick. I should have said that for mine. He's right. Love a two-door Jeep. My buddy has a silver one. Man, I would love to own it. But daggone, cleaning the back hatch of those things, cleaning that second row, like I'm a little guy, and it's still a total pain in the ass to get back there. And then to clean that, that stupid roll bar, dude, I feel like that's a whole job in itself, just cleaning that whole thing, cleaning the speakers and the that are tied oh. to the bar. Yep. Yeah, love to look at them. Hate to clean them. Yeah, and when Derek and you know he showed me the question, we were talking through it. I, I mean, part of me was going with Jeep also. Like I just oh, I yeah. love my Jeep, but to put a polisher on a Jeep, nah, <laughs> brutal. So brutal. Like you think, and this is part of the joke of why you know a couple weeks ago I was like, man, I'm ready to get in there and work on that Jeep. Until I started putting that polish on, I was like, holy shit. I mean, I haven't touched this thing in a little while. It looks good. People talk about how great it looks, but then as we as detailers, right, then we put our eyes on it, then we get our lights going, and we're going, oh, man, I got to really work on this, but I just wanted to do one, right, just one step. One step on a Jeep Wrangler is incredibly difficult if you've got some heavy scratches or mm -hmm. even medium-type scratches from people brushing up or hitting or just over years of doing things, right? Like, uh, yeah, there's no such thing almost on a Jeep doing a one-step. It is brutal to work on. I'm not going with the Jeep, though, Dustin. I can't, I can't do it, All right? For me, I'm going with the Corvette. Love to look at them. I think they're super cool. No, don't mind the people that wear the, the tube socks. All good. But, geez, trying to polish and work on those curves, trying to get that paint, because you're going to work on a Corvette. That's the only way I used to do it was, right, you, you got to really fully dial those things in. And in the past, it was multi-steps and all that stuff. And, well, it's just brutal over those curves and getting everything dialed in right and with the paint the way that system is not fun. And then you go into the inside and it's even smaller and talk about trying to sit down into something, boy, you just sink in. There's some of them. You feel like you're in the Batmobile and you're just stuck. The right? new one. Like this. The it's new like, one. how do yeah. I even like move my arm over to try and like clean something? I'm just stuck in my seat. Like I should be holding the steering wheel, like super hard to clean. Love to look at vets, but I'm out. I'm out. And some of those black back glass of the vets and the deep inside, you get some of those older vets. Ooh. Down in that deep crevice where it starts to hit, mm, I'm out. Not fun. <laughs> Derek, what were you saying? I was going to say, speaking of Corvette guys, a guy pulled up to the laundromat that's next to us, and he pulled up one of the new C8s, uh, had dealer plates on it. Not only did he have the tube socks on, he had a leather Corvette jacket on. And I almost Oof. walked up and said, like, it was on the back. and had should have. should have taken a picture in the, with him. In, the, in, a, in, a, in American in American like flag letters. And I'm like, Oh, I was like, this can't be happening. This is not, we've been talking about this all week. <laughs> like yeah. he literally, he you left found one in the wild. I, yeah. I was like, there he is. There's that guy. Like Bigfoot. Like there he is. Like <laughs> <laughs> the thing about Corvette guys. Yeah. He's not Bigfoot. We, we, we think of we him as Bigfoot, but he's actually he's real. Bigfoot. He's yeah. real to the T. <laughs> yeah. No doubt. All right, Lucas, what about you, man? Favorite car to look at? 
but least favorite to work on. I know it can't be a Dodge, right? It can't be a Dodge Ram. You don't really like to look at those, do you? Fuck no. Can I answer this with a question? Can I pick one for interior and one for the exterior? Lucas, because Ooh. you asked, uh, we're going to go ahead and let you. That's all right. Okay. Thanks well, for asking, Lucas. Thanks for first asking. of all, for exteriors, there are a few things that are to drive on this planet that look as beautiful as a jet black Cadillac sedan. But there are a few things that are as big a pain in the dick to get down looking nice as a jet black Cadillac. So mm. if I had to pick one that I love to look at when it's done, but don't want to work on, it's a jet black Cadillac. For interiors, interiors, I've owned like nine of them. I have to go with the Volkswagen Golf just because they are the chintziest, cheapest carpets. There's so many tight little moving areas. And generally they get abused and used and never cleaned. So they're usually a nightmare and they're just, they just take forever because they're so fucking, yeah. I don't like cleaning, I don't like cleaning Volkswagen Golfs because they're, yeah. They're, Why do you keep buying them, huh? Well, yeah, they're, they're cheap and they're fun to drive. So of course I'm going <laughs> to keep buying them, but yeah, you know, cleaning them ain't the funnest thing in the world. So if I, that's my two. Sounds like you date it, but you don't want to marry it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, They're cheap and fun to drive. I like uh, it. Marty, the, the only my only last one I was going to say, I'm surprised no one said it, was the new Lincoln Navigator rims. I sent you that picture. I like those turbine rims. I'm like, they look, they look great on that car, but... If any, I haven't done one yet, but if a person pulls up on them, like we don't do Lincoln Navigators because those things look, oh, especially if they're really dirty and there's like, I think there's like 30 spokes on that thing. I forget it. Like, oh, but you I can't clean like, the barrel on it if it's the wheel that I'm thinking about. Yes, we have a that customer one, with, with a one. black label navigator and it's just like, what do I even do with this? <laughs> so, yep. and they're ugly. Mike, I mean, what's going through those, whoever designed that wheel, what is going through their minds? Like, damn, that's bad. Yeah, I saw one yeah. the other the same damn thing. No part yeah, like, like, who, who, who has done this? Like, who designed this? Like, let me find them. <laughs> Lucas? Derek, have you ever uh, seen or detailed an Alpina? No. Uh, no. So Alpina is uh, kind of like roof is to Porsche. Alpina is to BMW. Oh. Yes, I B three. I I there's a there's a guy near me that has one, and we talked, but you know, but I know what you're talking. Okay, I know what you're talking about. Now. So I did one of my basic exterior, basically maintenance washes for just a random customer who drove in one day. He has an Alpina B seven. I think it was like a 2015, 2014. And, I mean absolutely phenomenal looking vehicle but alpina is known for their like 50 spoke wheels they're oh. huge 22 inch 50 spoke wheels and like you almost need a toothpick if you want to try and get into the barrels <laughs> because they're so i mean there's so many it's just yeah worth it anybody ever cleaned a spinner i have not is that no. easier or harder hard 
<laughs> and it's strangely because it just keeps moving. You can't ever let's you're just like, wait, I got to hold it. And then you move it. And it's like, well, I got this part. And I get like, yeah, they're cool to yeah, look right. at. Right. I, oh, wow. I know they're not as popular as they are. They used to be super popular. But once you actually get one and they come in and you work on it, it actually throws you for a bit of a loop because you're like, wait a second. Hold on. Right? Like, I thought I was a smart guy. I thought I knew what I was doing, but then I can't hold this wheel steel and I can't clean everything around it. And I'm just, I went, oh, geez, this is a nightmare. True, true story. Years ago, Virginia tried to ban spinner wheels. Why? Really? Virginia. Sitting at a stoplight. People would think you're still driving. Thanks. Oh, wait. <laughs> One of the few things Virginia uh, General Assembly did, they said, no, we really don't need to worry about hubcats and wheels on cars. But by God, West Virginia, though, those boys, boy, they voted into law pretty quick. I think we can do away with tent laws. Mm. Nobody follows it anymore. I mean, some of the cars I've seen, I'm like, it's like the front license plate. I haven't had a front plate in my truck in years. <laughs> And Michigan I'm doesn't have front license plates. I, I wish New Jersey should just do it. Like Same. I haven't had one since I bought the truck, and everyone's like, "You should put one on." I'm like, "It's been three years." Like, <laughs> I got them to see it. They need to see it. So, it's you being a rebel, being a rebel out there. It looks, it looks so good without it. I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. <laughs> of course, dude. Hey, Dustin. Uh, Nick wants to know why you love dogs trucks, but hate on the uh, label. Black label navigators. He really wants to. Oh, man, it, I hate them stupid things. It's like an Escalade. They're they're just so much shit everywhere. Like it, it's not simple. It's you just right. got shit everywhere. Like plastic here, plastic there. Like here's a whole white interior. Everything is just white, unless there's some gray carpet with it. The wheels are ugly as hell, and it's just big. It. I don't know. Mm. Not a fan. Yeah, I get you, it. Just give, you just give me Dodge Ram, okay? <laughs> I, I can do all kinds of shit with it. I go get some plywood at the Home Depot. I can, you know, I go hogging on a Saturday night if I want to go hogging, okay? You know what that is. No, I'm just kidding. I don't go hogging anymore. But, uh, was that where you go out there and shit. shoot them pigs? Is that what you're talking about? That there, is there, not, that's <laughs> not what hogging is, <laughs> Marty. That's not what hogging is. All right, guys, it's been a good pub. We'll see you next No, time. yes. What's hogging? I want to know now. I want to know what hogging is. We'll just let you go to Google and, and figure yeah. it out with your own. <laughs> Here we go. Do I have that safe search on oh. You gotta go to uh, what Urban Dictionary? Oh, <laughs> oh Dustin! All right, fun one, good guys, loved it, Derek. That's what I thought, man. Good tab out question. Yes, Great good. job, great job, man. Dale, always a pleasure to have you on. Your wisdom is par far profound, and uh, thank you for all the times you can uh, hop in and and talk to us, man. Appreciate it. Love being here. You guys are are a blast. It's absolutely. It's an honor and a pleasure to be here with you guys. Well, Dustin, we wish you all the best there in West Virginia, and we know you got a long way to go, but you'll get there eventually. <laughs> cooking with Nick, uh, we look forward to next week, seeing some of that profound cooking, and um, we know that you, uh, those that are watching on Facebook, know that you got sponsored by Kirkland Towels, even though everybody ah. knows the uh, workaholic so much better. That is a pretty cool looking sweatshirt little hoodie you got on there yeah 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 i got it i got it 
All right, then, Lucas, man, brother, always a pleasure. Thanks so much for hopping on. You you have a very unique insight, which is always great for people to hear. So thank you so much for the time that you you take uh, and for the you guys, right? Like, thanks so much. Last week, especially, and then this week, like, there's something about coming together, having a beer with people, and enjoy talking about our car life. It really does make for a great week and a great time. So. Thanks for being a part of the community pub. We'll see you guys next week. Hell yeah. See you guys. guys. Hey community. Thanks so much for listening to the episode. And could you do me a small favor? Do you know somebody? And maybe it's like Derek who had a neighbor that came over. Maybe it's somebody inside of your car club or inside of a car group at Facebook. Maybe you are in a Facebook group. Small favor would be just for you to share your experience about hyperclean. What's your experience been? Who can you share it with? Can you do me that small favor and just share it with one person? Share it with them of your experience with hyperclean. You might change their car life. And in a sense, change how they enjoy their life. Be a small favor that would make a giant giant change in their life so that they could experience their car life better. Will you do that favor for me? I really appreciate it. Hey, this is Marshall, and I hope you make it a great day.